T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. With the first pick in the ultimate NBA mock draft. First of all, wingspan. There's weaknesses to his game. An explosive athlete. That's like his floor. A high ceiling. He's going to be the next LeBron James. This pick really should be that simple. It's Kate Cunningham. Evan Mobley. Jalen Green. Jonathan Kaminga. Jalen Suggs. And now, let's send it over to our Odyssey expert and the White Mamba himself, Brian Scalabrine. Is the man who built the world of NBA draft coverage. And that is Chad Ford. Jimmy Patos from Odyssey. And former NBA GM, Ryan McDonough. Welcome to day three of the 2021 Ultimate Mock Draft, a production of Odyssey, as well as the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm David Locke. Make sure you've subscribed on your Odyssey app to get this five-day extravaganza. If you haven't heard days one and two, please go back. On the board right now, the Indiana Pacers have the clock ticking at 13. Golden State's at 14. Washington at 15. Oklahoma at 16. Memphis at 17. And Oklahoma City again at 18. We'll cover those picks all today on the draft, but we are hearing major trade rumors. The New York Knicks are supposedly hot on a bunch of phone calls. The Warriors are interested in moving picks from what we're hearing around the league. So there's a lot of different news and notes that you're going to get in regards to that. We're going to hear from some of the biggest names. Ryan McDonough, former NBA GM. Brian Scalabrini, Odyssey experts will stop by. Plus Chad Ford, the NBA draft GOAT, will give his take on what's taking place. And right now at this point of the draft, in our mock draft, day one, not a big surprise. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, followed by Jonathan Kaminga, was day one of our NBA mock draft. You can go back and watch it. Day two, Scotty Barnes went six and Davion Mitchell went seven, which led to big debate from Raphael Barlow and Richard Stamen on our main desk. Eight was... Moses Moody, 9 Corey Kispert, 10 Franz Wagner, 11 Xavier Williams, and 12 Kai Jones. Joining us now on the main desk, Locked on NBA host Richard Stamen and Raphael Barlow. Raphael also has the YouTube channel NBA Draft Junkies. Raphael, at this point of the draft, we're 12 picks in. Who is the winner? Who's the loser? What pick jumps out to you so far as the, like, what were you doing pick? What jump pick jumps out to you is like, they just got a lot better. Well, the, the trade that sticks out to me, I'm, I'm still, I can't get over why the Sacramento Kings would want to add Eric Bledsoe unless they feel like they can move him there. Uh, it's, it's the Zaire Williams pick to Charlotte. I just think that the Hornets did such a good job with LaMelo last year. You can say that it's just, it just fell into their lap, but I just don't think Zaire is the, the player that I would have went with to be a, a, a complimentary piece to a star in LaMelo Ball. Richard Steyman joins us where you on the main desk as well. You can catch him on Locked On NBA Draft, which you can follow on your Odyssey app. Richard, what are you seeing? Winner, loser so far in this draft? Yeah, and the loser right now has to be Charlotte. I, I really thought they reached for Zaire. If they really wanted him, they probably could have just traded back. That was a little bit of a head scratcher. I think the winner, though, is probably anyone in the top four you can make an argument for just because getting those guys and not – going out of order, I think, is a really positive direction. I will play devil's advocate to respond to uh, Rafael, though. I, I think Sacramento just really wanted off of Buddy Heald's contract, and maybe they were punting this year, but it is a weird direction to go with De'Aaron Fox still, you know, wanting to win. All right, But Heald's contract declined, so they're saving money as the years go on, and I think Heald is a much better player right now, at least more valuable than Eric Bledsoe. So. Yeah, and I think it's an expiring, right? the contract. So I think that might've been why. Before we hear from Chad Ford, as well as the draft dummies on where their boards sit right now, 
Raphael, what are the next five players on your board? Book night. I mean, I, I had him going higher. He's 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 sitting there like you mentioned in, in the last episode. He's in the green room waiting on his name to be called. But I think at, at this area you can go book night. You got Josh Goody. You got Keon Johnson, Alperin Shingoon. Jalen Johnson is someone who I saw in a lot of mocks as a top 10 pick. He hasn't been selected. These next few picks are going to be really interesting. Richard, there's been a lot of James Booknight love on this ultimate mock draft in days one and two. He hasn't been selected. Give me a breakdown of his game, what you like about him so much, but why also maybe somebody would have, why he would have slipped like this. Yeah, I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, Colin Sexton is on the trade market right now and he's not much of a facilitator. And, you know, his market value may not be that hot. And that's something that you could compare to Booknight as where, you know, 1.8 assists per game as a top level scorer doesn't jump out as a superstar mold and you can justify passing on him and he's pretty skinny but he's a three level scorer and can defend Raphael, we started this draft most people say there's four you said there were six book night was one of your six why did you have him in one of your six main guys i just love creative shot creators i love his offensive creativity i love how he can get his own shot I had a chance to watch him work out in Miami last week, and one of the issues were his catch and shoot. And I feel like, even though the gym was empty, I feel like he's been able to address that. He's been putting in the work. I think that whoever lands James Booknight is going to get a very, very good value pick. That's the Raphael Barlow board. That's the Richard Stamen board. Let's check in and find out what Chad Ford and the NBA draft dummies from Locked in NBA Draft have to say. Let's go to the Chad Ford big board over to the big board desk. Chad Ford is there. Chad with Franz Wagner going 10. Zaire Williams going 11. Pick not liked much by, by Barlow and Richard. Kai Jones going 12. Interesting take by Barlow. He's either going to be in Europe or an all-star, but nowhere in between. We'll see what he says on that. What's your quick take on those picks and how they've played out? Yeah, those are swing for the fences picks. Uh, and, you know, in and, and some ways, you know, Zaire Williams, uh, and, I, and I know Raphael, ta- I had talked about this before, terrible at Stanford, almost nothing that you can point to in the game film or the statistics that warrant him being a first round pick, uh, let alone a lottery pick. But then you go watch him in high school and you see this 6'10", fluid, versatile, both offensively and defensive player, and you wonder, did something happen? Is that is that player still there? And the answer historically is sometimes yes and sometimes no. And so taking Zaire Williams based off of what he did in high school, 11, I think, is totally appropriate. Taking what he did at Stanford, that's a massive, massive reach. But I'm generally okay with that. And the same with Kai Jones. I'm totally in line with Raphael. He's either a home run or he's a strikeout. There's really no in-between. He has such interesting physical tools for a player his size and still not much of a clue about actually how to play the game. All right, let's look at the... If you want Chad's big board, you can go to nbabigboard.com. Chad's got a Substack newsletter on that as well. And obviously, you've got Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Let's look at that big board right now, Chad, over our big board desk. Who are the best ball handlers available as we move on day three? Well, Josh Giddy um, comes to mind. To me, he's a top 10 pick in this draft, and it's, it's a little bit surprising to see him uh, go that low. But he's the guy for sure that when you're talking about a ball handler, a point guard that's there. And then everybody else is a little bit further down, whether that's Jaden Springer or Miles McBride or Sharif Cooper. All of those folks to me are sort of in the late teens, early 20s. And so really, if you're, if you're wanting a ball handler in this range, Josh Giddy's your guy. All right. What about Wings. Wings is sort of interesting because I think there, you know, there's a few few guys left on the board that I think are going to be um, interesting prospects. Uh, you, you start with Keon Johnson, who is just an explosive athlete and a guy that um, measured with a record 48-inch vertical at the Chicago Combine and, and really locks in um, on the defensive end. You've got uh, you know, Jalen Johnson, I'm not sure what you categorize him as a wing or a big. I'm not sure what he is, but you know, for a time, he was a top 10 pick. Um, on our board early in the season out of Duke. He slid, slid a little bit, especially because of his decision um, to go ahead and, and leave Duke early. Uh, that left a lot bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And then Chris Duarte, uh, who is 24 years old on draft night, so almost historically old 
for a player to be drafted this high. Lots of teams really like him. I think his reign starts at like Golden State at 14. The Wizards are looking at him at 15. The Knicks at 19. Um, he had an incredible senior season at Oregon. I understand the sort of desire to get a wing like him who can really do do it on uh, shoot it, can handle the basketball and defend multiple positions. But 24 years old, man, that scares me a little bit. The Washington Wizards are a really interesting one because what are they going to do with Brad Beal? I think with their cap that they need to move Brad Beal. And I would be looking at the Golden State Warriors. Give me James Wiseman. Give me their two lottery picks. I think it's 7 and 14. Take advantage of those opportunities right now. The Warriors are in a win-now scenario. Not anybody is willing to give up three lottery picks for your guy right here right now a lot of times they do picks in the future but they the wizards have a chance now to get better so if i was them i would have the conversation with brad beal do you want to move and try to win a championship they do have the ability to extend him he's only 28 years old so i could see him going down that road but if i was them i would look to the warriors to try to upgrade my roster with young guys and build with this new group westbrook is going to be there He's going to be on the cap sheet. There's nothing you can do about it. But if you can get younger, maybe move Westbrook two or three years down the road, you could be a really good team. The Memphis Grizzlies have an unbelievable cap sheet. They have guys coming off the books, but the one thing they need more than anything is shooting. I would be looking at a guy like Duncan Robinson. They love to push the pace. Duncan Robinson likes to run. He wants to get to space. He could stretch the floor, open up the floor for guys like Dylan Brooks, John Moran, even uh, Jonas Valanciunas. So they have a really good cap sheet. I like what they have. They have to hit it right in free agency because moving forward, obviously you're going to have to pay John Moran. You're going to have to pay Jaron Jackson Jr. in the future. But right now I would target the best shooter I can find. 20th in three-point field goal percentage, 24th in points scored from three. All right, that sets us up for day number three of our ultimate 2021 mock draft. The Indiana Pacers are on the board at number 13. Let's see where Tony East and the Locked On Pacers NBA draft room makes their decision. Tony East here from the Locked On Pacers podcast and with the 13th pick in the ultimate Locked On NBA mock draft, the Indiana Pacers select Sharif Cooper, six-foot guard, out of the University of Auburn, Cooper was excellent for the Tigers in his only season playing college basketball, scoring over 20 points per game, dishing out over eight assists per game, which really highlights his skills well just by looking at the stats because he is excellent at getting by defenders and creating shots for both himself and others. An invaluable skill in the NBA. He can get into the teeth of the defense, make guys rotate around and shift to either get to his own spots to score or to set up his teammates for productive and efficient shots to score. And in the current NBA, guys who are versatile on offense and multifaceted and can create shots are really valuable. Just look at the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs. They had tons of those guys. They were able to score a lot, score often, and made it to the conference finals. And so we think Sharif Cooper can bring that to the Pacers, an invaluable skill that they need more of, every team needs more of. So Sharif Cooper, the Indiana Pacers, with a 13th overall pick. It's Sam Ferris here, as always, joined by my good friend, co-host Cody, the other member of the Draft Dummies. All right, Cody, we just saw the Indiana Pacers make their pick. Uh, give me your thoughts. It's our guy Sharif Cooper, the point guard out of Auburn. Uh, what are your thoughts seeing that selection? I love the pick. Sam and I are big fans of best player available. And for me, he was one of those along with Giddy, who is still on the board. Uh, listen, if Cooper gets anything remotely close to a respectable jump shot, he's going to be one of the steals in this draft, even as high as 13. He's that good of a playmaker. He's that much of a basketball savant. I love the pick here. Uh, I think his creation ability and just that basketball IQ would translate anywhere. Yeah, Cody and I like to use the uh, half-joking line that if there were a stat of ridiculous highlight passes per 36 minutes, Sharif Cooper would have shattered that this year at Auburn. Just He just has what you can't teach. Unbelievable vision both in the full court and in the half court. Uh, I'm a big fan of his game and love the pick there. Uh, but now let's send it back over to the main desk. Are you guys okay? 
Your guy has not been taken. Book Knight has not been taken again by the Pacers. Are, are, is everybody okay on this main desk? I'm, I'm okay. I think the further he falls, he may end up in a better situation. So it, it could be good. I mean, it's, it's not going to help his pocketbook. He's going to lose some money there, but he could end up in a better situation. Pacers took Sharif Cooper. Tell me a little bit about this guy. Sharif Cooper is the most exciting player in this draft. Little undersized. There were some uh, rumors that he grew to six four, but we found out that wasn't true. Undersized. I mean, excellent, excellent playmaker. If it were like the the Garden, I think that he's the type of player that would that New York Knicks fans would love, and I know a lot of Knicks fans were hoping he would fall to them. But I'm curious to see how new Pacers coach Rick Carlisle deals with another rookie point guard. It's like it would be what his third rookie point guard in the last four years, in a sense. So. The fit there is interesting with, um, with with Brogdon there. So I've heard rumors that Brogdon could be on the move. Uh, the trade is coming down for the 14th pick. I'll update you on that in a second. But Richard, your take on Cooper? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting pick. I might have some choice words for Tony East choosing him over James Booknight. But for a coach, he's going to be playing for a coach that isn't historically good at developing players. And Sharif Cooper does need that player development. He's not much of a shooter right now. He's really skinny, gets to the line really well, and gets to the basket at ease because he's lightning fast. But the jump shot is a concern, and he's very skinny, and so defense will naturally become an issue as well. There's other point guards that are out here. There's Miles McBride out of West Virginia. There's uh, Jane Springer out of Tennessee. Um, there's the kid out of Illinois. Where do you guys rank this kind of tier of point guards in this draft? I mean, I think it's a solid class. I think Sharif is the best, as we would say, pure point guard. I think he has the highest upside because, I mean, he is, outside of maybe Josh Giddy, those are the two best passers, in my opinion, as far as playmaking. I mean, he averaged eight assists a game in college. Like, how often do we see eight assists per game in college? And I think he's dynamic. I just don't know about the fit, especially with Carlisle, you know, is, is a guy that, I mean, he gave Luca a lot of freedom, but I think Sharif Cooper needs that type of freedom to be effective. Richard, where do you rank these point guards? Yeah, I have Sharif Cooper actually a little bit lower. There were a couple guys I would have taken before him. And it says a lot about the guard depth in this class where you can kind of pick and choose based on fit. But like Raphael said, Josh Giddy would have been a guy to consider. Chris Duarte was someone I thought would be on you know, potentially on the board for him, especially for Carlisle. You don't even need to develop the guy. He's like adding a free agent. Yeah. All right, the trade has come in. Here's what it is, guys. The Grizzlies have moved up to the 14th pick. They have traded for the Warriors. Michael Mulder, uh, along with some pieces, really basically salary cap filler. Kyle Anderson goes from Memphis to the Warriors. Wow, that feels like a perfect fit. Not, I mean, just a good basketball player. And the Warriors get the 2022 first-round pick of the Utah Jazz that Memphis had in the Mike Conley trade. So the Warriors get Kyle Anderson and a first-round, probably 20, hopefully, uh, said by the radio voice of the Jazz, uh, late 20s pick of num- and in exchange for the 14th pick. Let's talk about the Warriors Hall for a quick second here. Kyle Anderson on the Warriors. What's your thoughts on his facilitating and his match, his play with Steph Curry, hopefully a healthy Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and the rest, Raphael? I mean, it's definitely a, a win-now move. I don't know if I would have done it. I still think James Booknight could have been a, a good fit in Golden State, could have came off the bench and been a bucket getter, even though that's kind of what Jordan Poole does. But it just tells me that the Warriors are looking to win right now, and they're trying to you know, make sure that this window that they have right now, they can bring home another title to, to Oakland. Richard, your take on the deal. Yeah, they have probably two years left in that window. I agree, James Booknight would probably be better, more of an impact than Kyle Anderson, but I get it. You don't even have to wait to see Kyle Anderson's impact like you would for Booknight. You get a, another playmaker next to Steph Curry is never a bad thing. What do you think uh, Memphis should do with this pick? James. Booknight. <laughs> Let's find out if the Memphis Grizzlies have moved up to take the guy that's been sliding in our green room and end his miserable night of the camera checking in on he and his family throughout on our ultimate mock draft. Sean Coleman here with the Locked On Grizzlies podcast after a trade that sent Kyle Anderson and the 2022 first round pick from the Utah Jazz 
to the Golden State Warriors. The Memphis Grizzlies are now on the clock with pick 14 in the 2021 NBA, Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. And with that selection, the Memphis Grizzlies select James Booknight, a 6'3 shooting guard out of the University of Connecticut. Now, the major reason why the Grizzlies made this move was with a focus on the future. Though Kyle Anderson certainly was a very valuable member of the Grizzlies during the 2020-2021 season with an expiring contract and the likelihood that he'll want to make more going forward without likely being a starter on this team, the Grizzlies decided to make a play for the future and acquiring pick 14 and being able to select James Booknight, whose ability as a three-level scorer, his mentality as a player, and also his ability to create his own shot and create separation when he needs his own shot, fills many needs for the Grizzlies as a long-term potential partner with John Morant for the Grizzlies. And the even better part about all this is that with the Grizzlies picking James Booknight at 14, we still have our pick at 17 to be able to add another intriguing piece to our future core. So we have a trade here in the late lottery. Memphis trades up. They get James Booknight, the talented scoring guard from UConn. Uh, in the deal is Michael Mulder, Alan Smologis, and Gary Payton III. Also uh, heading to Memphis, the Golden State Warriors, in more of a win-now move. They get Kyle Anderson, who can play right away, and a 2022 first-round pick. That pick originally belonged to the Utah Jazz. I like Booknight's scoring ability. He's a talented scorer. Uh, he's wired to score. He aggressively looks to get downhill and attack the basket. He's a pretty explosive athlete. I like his breakaway speed and transition, as well as his ability to finish above the rim. This is a player that uh, Danny Hurley and the guys at UConn threw some lobs to, and he knows how to create points. He averaged about five and a half free throw attempts per game and made 78% of them. Uh, so Memphis gets another talented young piece as they look to build around John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. It's finally happened. Book night has been taken. We'll break down that plus more as we continue. The ultimate mock draft picks number 15. 16 and 17 all coming up and the Knicks are supposedly trying to move up on the draft and we may hear from the NBA's most talked about team before we're done today. We'll continue. It's the ultimate mock draft, part of Odyssey and Locked On Podcast Network. Mock draft here on the ultimate mock draft. Subscribe on your Odyssey apps and remember on draft night, watch the live NBA draft show originating live out of Dallas, Texas with Raphael Barlow, Chad Forb, and our own John Corrales hosting. It's available in the Locked On NBA YouTube channel starting at 7 o'clock Eastern, also available on Roku and Amazon Fire for you. It is free. It is live. It has all of our local experts. It's the biggest production ever, the Locked On Podcast Network, and it'll be live on Draft Note, streamed live as well on your Odyssey apps. Coming up, pick number 15. We'll see what other trades might go down. We've already had one today as we continue on the ultimate 2021 ultimate NBA mock draft. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
James Booknight is gone. Our guys can finally relax. Washington is on the board. I'm David Locke. Thanks very much for tuning in. We are getting to the halfway point of our mock draft here with the 15th pick of the draft. And Booknight is gone, so we have to find a new storyline uh, to talk about. It's finally happened. So now, who are the guys? We're at the stage of the draft where half these guys are making it and half these guys aren't. Like, are there any sure thing picks in your mind at this point, Richie? You know, I, I don't know if there really are at this point, to be quite blunt. I mean, there's some guys who have some really good qualities that can make them stick, but there's no guys like Moses Moody, for example, is a guy who I said in a previous episode that he can't fail, and there's none of those players available, I don't think, right now. Al Perrine Shingun out of Turkey, 18 years old, was the best player, arguably, arguably the best big in Europe one MVP of the Turkish League, which in my opinion is the second best domestic league in Europe. He is a guy that I think that has a high upside and could potentially be an all-star center. Rafael, you know anything about that Turkish League, spending any time in Turkey or anything of that nature? I sure did. I was there 2016-17 season and greatest year of my life, lived in Istanbul, had a chance to go to all the games. Fans there are crazy and maybe I'm a little bit biased there, but I really like Shingun. But you've seen that league up close and personal with all your scouting and being there for a year. What what do you learn from, what did you learn seeing that and, and, and why is it you like this guy so much? Well, one, the Turkish league has a lot of high level um, American players, guys that were stars in college. They play at a faster place, pace. It's similar to the NBA in the style as far as pace. I mean, it still has, it's, it's still Europe, so it still has its elements of, of European basketball. But I, I like what, what Shingun did. I mean, he's worked on his body. I had a chance to watch him a couple years ago. He slimmed down. Phenomenal low post player. If this were 2001 instead of 2021, he is a top five pick. Wow. But I still think that his game will translate. If you're on the board, Rafael, no brainer on that one, or are there other, other guys you might take right now? I mean, I don't even know the direction the Wizards are going. Are they in a rebuild mode? But they, you know, you got Bill, you got Westbrook. Gafford was good. I would select Shingun if, if I'm the Wizards. I think that he would be able to get a lot of easy buckets off Westbrook dump-offs. So we'll see. Well, the one thing they've been consistent in their drafting is that they're working on their merchandising because they're the number one ticket sales in Japan and Israel with their picks in the last two years. So now they can become, you know, they can continue with that merchandising if they were to follow your lead. Just uh, out of uh, interest, you guys last year, we didn't we didn't have both of you on the show yet. You did a lot of work, obviously. Uh Advida, what did you think of, of, of him coming into the draft? And what do you think of his rookie year for Washington? I was high on him. I had a chance to watch him play. I think that he went to the wrong team because I think he's more so of a point forward. He needs the ball in his hands. And when you play with Westbrook and Bill, you're not going to have a lot of opportunities to play with the ball. So I felt like he stood in the corner a little too much. The knock on him was his shooting, and that's the role that he ended up playing for the Wizards as a shooter. So I think in a different situation, he would have been able to showcase what he's, what his strengths are. Yeah, and, and I completely agree. He was put in the worst role at the highest usage. But I still think, like you said, Washington's direction is just so unpredictable right now that it could still pan out in the long term, and I'm still pretty high on him. All right, let's go to the Lockdown Wizards draft room and see where they make that what pick they make with the 15th pick of the nba draft what's going on washington wizards fan this is ed oliver from the locked on wizards podcast and with the 15th pick of the nba draft the washington wizards select chris duarte out of oregon he is six foot 690 pounds he's 24 years old uh this guy can ball uh was all pac 12 defensive team was the pac 12 player of the year um, scored 17 points per game, averaged 1.9 steals per game. Uh, this guy has a high motor and plays with a lot of intensity on the defensive end, something that the Washington Wizards have lacked defensively for the past three or four years. This guy, can he straps guys up, and he scraps on the defensive end, and he shot 42% from the three-point line. The Wizards desperately, desperately need three-point shooting. We did not shoot a lot of threes last year. We did not make a lot of threes last year. Uh, especially for a guy like Russell Westbrook who drives the lanes and creates for guys and he gets he racks up on triple doubles he's gonna find open shooters like Chris Duarte for wide open threes on the corner he's gonna be a guy that can knock it down uh, Chris Duarte uh, is very athletic as well 6'6 190 so this guy will be a nice 3 and D 
shooting guard slash small forward to come in and help out Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill. This is a guy who was 24 years old, 24 years old, who was on the older side, but the Wizards need immediate help. They don't have time to wait on a developmental 19 year old project pick at, the, at pick 15 in the middle of the draft. This guy, Chris Duarte, will come in and, and, and add immediate help shooting the ball and defending on the other end and scrap for the Washington Wizards. So this will be a solid, excellent pick out of Oregon. I am hearing right now the 16th pick has been acquired by the New York Knicks. So, well, before we get that, uh, what's your guys' thought on what the Wizards just did with the 16, with the 15th pick of this draft? I mean, it's an insurance for Bill. If Bill decides that he wants to opt out, Chris Duarte from Oregon is a guy that I mean had one of the most efficient years, shot over 50% from the floor, 40% from three. He's able to come in and contribute right away. He's like 40 years old. Yeah, he's 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 a little bit older. I mean, he he's can provide little... veteran leadership <laughs> for, for the team. If I hear somebody say "young rookie" about him, I'm gonna really wonder about it. But no, seriously, he's 24 years old. Like Richard, you made the comment earlier. I think on the uh, that it would be like signing a free agent. Like, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's close to age and Devin Booker, who is on his second contract. And you know, you look at Cam Johnson. Though speaking of player similar like you know someone the age to Devin Booker Cam Johnson I was very low on because of the age and and I think that's something we should learn from he's been a key rotation player in this finals run we talked about this earlier and I just interrupted you I apologize but on the age thing it might only be a top 10 phenomenon like when you're looking for somebody on upside maybe that age is the issue but when you start to drop down to 15 and 20 maybe you shouldn't worry about age yeah I agree the problem is we just don't know the direction the Wizards are going. And right now, it looks like they're going to win now because they chose a veteran. Remember when you were a little kid, you're in the bathtub, and you got that little toy that you wind up, and you put it in the middle of the tub, and it goes in all sorts of different areas. You have no idea where it's going? Yes, that's, that's that, the Wizards. You got it. <laughs> all right, let's continue. Let's find out what the Odyssey expert, Travis Thomas, thinks about what the Wizards are doing, and then check in with Chad Fort. I believe Chris Duarte, the swingman from Oregon, is a perfect fit for the Washington Wizards in this draft. I loved watching Duarte at Oregon. He averaged 17 points per game. He shot 53% from the floor and 42% from three. He was an All-American and was consistently hitting big shots in big moments down the stretch for Oregon. I thought he showed tremendous leadership abilities leading the Ducks to the Pac-12 regular season title and then a Sweet 16 run. And that's why he'll work in Washington. He's a grown-up, 24 years old. He's moved around all his life from different schools to locations, including internationally. The league won't be too much for him to handle. Plus, because of his age and maturity, he'll be able to play and help you win right away, day one. I'm telling you, swingman from Oregon, Chris Duarte, is exactly what Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook need in this draft from the Washington Wizards. Duarte averaged 17 points a game. He shot 53% from the floor, 42% from three. I thought he showed tremendous leadership abilities, leading the Oregon Ducks to the Pac-12 regular season title and a Sweet 16 run. Now, Duarte is 24 years old. He's moved around all his life from different schools to locations, including international travel. Two established stars in Beal and Westbrook won't be too much for him to handle. Plus, because of his age and his maturity, he'll be able to play and help you win right away day one. This team is lacking a 3-and-D player with the skill set of Duarte. Nobody will be happier than Westbrook and Beal with this selection from the Washington Wizards. Time now to go back to the Chad Ford NBA Big Board. Chad, we opened today with your NBA Big Board. Other than Bach Knight, not a lot of those, and, and I guess uh, Duarte, some of the other guys haven't actually gone yet. What's going on in this mock draft as, as the ultimate mock draft plays out right now? Well, bigs are dropping, and, and look, that doesn't surprise me in somewhat in the trend in this league, but there's some actually really talented bigs that are left on the board. We talked about Alfred and Singun. For some teams, um, have him as a top six, seven pick uh, in this draft. He's still on the board. Usman Garuba out of Spain, a guy that's actually playing real minutes on Real Madrid right now, 7-3 wingspan, maybe the best big man defender um, in the draft. You've got Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky right now, who's the best shot blocker rim protector in this draft, very young player, 7-5 wingspan on Isaiah Jackson, doesn't have a lot going offensively yet, but an elite uh, rim protector right now. So a little bit surprising to see 
all of those guys sliding at this point in the draft. The New York Knicks have traded now into the 16th spot of this draft. Um, and and uh, we'll get some details more on it. But uh, what what's on the board for them right now? Uh, what, are, what do you think they would be looking at here at 16? Well, Tom Thibodeau hates rookies. Uh, he historically has. And if he has a rookie, you better come in and play really, really tough defense uh, and get it done. Even Obi Toppin had a hard time getting significant minutes uh, in New York, even though he was an older player right now. And so it'll be really interesting to see which of these guys left. Duarte was a guy that they really had their sights on. He's not here on this mock draft. And so I think that's going to be frustrated for him. Jaden Springer uh, is a tough guy who I actually think sort of fits the mold. Miles McBride out of West Virginia, another guy who you know played in, in Bob Huggins' system. Um, is going to be really tough. It's going to be able to stretch the floor. Um, he could be interesting. And you know there's an infatuation with this Knicks front office with Kentucky players um, as well. And so maybe this is where Isaiah Jackson um, out of Kentucky ends up coming. They could certainly continue to use rim protection as well. He's Chad Ford, NBA Big Board. Remember, you can catch him live on draft night in only one spot, the Locked On Live show. That'll air at 7 o'clock Eastern on July 29th. It is brought to you by Built Bar. It'll be live on Locked On NBA YouTube channel, as well as on Amazon Fire and Roku, various uh, places for you there. So make sure you remember Chad Ford. You want his draft day coverage. will be live at the WFAA studios in Dallas, and it will be streamed live on your Odyssey app as well the Knicks have in fact acquired the 16th pick kind of to our point they send Kevin Knox and uh the 19th pick with Kevin Knox to Oklahoma City and they move up to get the 16th pick in this draft let's touch on Kevin Knox for a second he was the ninth pick of the draft a few years ago why did he fail Richard I mean I I think it's just that he couldn't create his own shot and couldn't really make a ton of shots I think it's that simple is there a lesson to this year's draft for that of guys we've been talking about that we should be looking at and saying that should concern you? Well, I'll violate everything I've said for the last few days, which is, you know, you want guys who can do more than just score in, you know, if they do just score, they want to score at a high level. Cause Kevin Knox, I think was like 13 points per game at Kentucky, but didn't offer almost anything else. So avoiding those one dimensional players is something, you know, I think we need to look at. Well, I mean, he left Summer League. If he would have stayed in Summer League and he kept his <laughs> Summer League jersey, then he'd be a starter. It's all been downhill since he left Vegas. Who are the one-dimensional players in this draft? Um, Cam Thomas. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all buckets. And I'm talking about the sniper, irrational confidence guy from LSU. I think he's one-dimensional. And is... Can he be Lou Williams on the board as he comes if he comes off the board, or is he too one-dimensional? I, I don't see any defensive upside. I don't even see any passing upside. I think once it touches his hand, it is going up. Maybe like Daniel Gibson, and that was his role. He got the ball, and Daniel Gibson's career fell off a cliff once LeBron left and went to Miami. I think Cam has a little bit more to his game than that, but I just see a one-dimensional microwave score. All right, the Knicks have moved in this 16th position. Who, if you're the Knicks, is, are you looking at getting right now, Richard? I think you have to look at guard. I'm going to go with my top two, uh, two of my top three, excuse me, best players available, and that's Jaden Springer and Trey Mann. Those are both guys who can create for themselves and at least to a decent level create for others as well. Raphael, who's top of your board? If you're the Knicks, who are you getting right here? Um... I mean, Shingun, I like that. It doesn't make sense there. You got to go point guard. I'm going with a big point guard. I'm, 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 it's the garden. I'm looking for flash. I'm going Josh Giddy. All right, let's see where the Knicks go. Let's head to the Knicks draft room and find out why they moved up to the 16th pick of this draft and acquired from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hey, everyone. Alex Wolf here from the Locked on Knicks podcast. And with the 16th, yes, 16th pick, in the ultimate NBA mock draft, the New York Knicks select Josh Giddy, guard out from the Adelaide 36ers of the NBL in Australia. We feel really good about this pick. Made a trade up from 19 to 16 to go snag Giddy. We felt really strongly about him versus some of the guys that would potentially be left on the board at 19 when the Knicks were going to pick. 
No offense to Kevin Knox. We threw him in as the sweetener to get this deal done to move up three spots. We're not shedding tears over it. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry to see you go. But we're really excited to get Josh Giddy in here on the Knicks. Really talented passer, really talented rebounder. He might be a point guard at about six foot eight. He might just be a wing. No matter what he ends up being, he's going to be useful for the Knicks. You know, his handle is going to be a big question mark going forward. His ability to shoot the ball is probably the biggest question mark. He shot under 30% in the NBL. But we saw another guy last year in LaMelo Ball who, granted, way more talented of a ball handler, does a lot of things better than Giddy does. But a guy who, you know, had a subpar jump shot come into the NBA and put up some pretty good numbers in that respect. So willing to bet on the talent, the elite passing ability, the great rebounding that he offers, and the potential for a six foot eight point guard that can really do a lot of things for a team that's been looking for that sort of next level point guard for pretty much forever now. So we felt really good about trading up to 16. Josh Giddy, you are now a New York Nick, so we're excited to have you, buddy. Uh, good eye, Mike. Welcome to the Knicks. <laughs> and what's our thoughts on what the Knicks just did? Moving Kevin Knox, I'm assuming we're fine with. They get the 16th pick. Was that a value for them, Raphael? Yeah, I mean, Josh Giddy is 6'8", point guard. I think that he could come in and be the starting point guard on day one. Exciting to watch. Excellent passer. You can make a case and say Josh Giddy's season in Australia was very similar to LaMelo Ball's as far as just being like a triple-double threat, getting his teammates open looks. He's not necessarily going to come in and be a big-time scorer, but if you saw the Knicks in the playoffs, they struggled with scoring, and I think he's someone that would be able to, you know, just create open looks, especially in transition. I think the perfect running mate for Mitchell Robinson. All right. Mitchell Robinson would benefit the most. You're not getting away with that little comment right there. We're not just going to – all right, LaMelo Ball is going to be a 10-time All-Star in this league, and I understand what the magnitude of All-Stars are. Like, Darren Williams took, like, four years. Devin Booker took, like, four years. LaMelo Ball is amazing. He came yeah. in this league, took it by storm. He's going to be – you just compared the 17th pick of the 2021 NBA draft to LaMelo Ball. Do you really mean that? Yes, I do. I mean, as far as like the numbers, I think Melo has more upside as a scorer, especially in isolation. But as far as the playmaking, the triple-double threat, the passing, Mitchell Robinson is going to benefit the most. So we're talking about a guy that shot like 75% from the floor. It might be 80% now with a real point guard. Yeah, that's high praise. I, I don't see LaMelo. I think if there's any pick he's closest to from last year, it might be Halliburton. But I worry about his pull-up scoring. I don't know if that ever comes along, just to be kind of pessimistic on that. His spot-up shooting, I fully buy, but his pull-up shooting is going to be difficult. It's not that athletic. So I, I'm really interested to see what the offensive upside looks like for him in New York. Why aren't you guys being lazy? He's 6'8 in Australian. Isn't he just a right-handed Joe Ingles? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, when I first saw him play, that was my comparison. I saw him at Basketball Without Borders. And then I realized it was a lazy comparison because of size. He's white. He's Australian. If there's anybody that he does kind of play like, and it's similar, and this name is not going to be a sexy name, but he's like a, a bigger Grievous Vasquez, a guy that was just a creative passer, slow as slow and can be. But what's weird about Giddy is that he's slow, but his game is best in an open court, fast-paced offense. Now, I don't know if that's a perfect fit in a sense for, for Tibbs, but I think that he'll make life easier for some of the guys on the, on the Knicks roster. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Mitchell Robinson sees an immediate boost day one and, and every day after, like he, he will get paid a lot more money because of Josh Giddy and his transition passing is special. It's one of the best transition passing we've seen in years. He might, he's probably the best passer in the class. So the Knicks go 16. Let's find out what Jimmy Battos, our Odyssey college basketball expert, thinks of this pick. Jimmy Battos here, NBA insider for Odyssey. At number 16, the New York Knicks have moved up. They have traded Kevin Knox and their 19th pick to, pick to move up just three spots, which I think is a good move because Josh Giddey, okay? Josh Giddey, it's like Giddy Up Giddey, is a really good player who has a lot of upside. He's from Australia. He did as well as LaMelo Ball did over in Australia. He's a big guard. 
He from Adelaide. He has great vision. He sees the floor. He can play a little bit of D. And you know, I don't want to compare him to Luka Doncic because he's not there yet. But he has a really big upside. And he plays the NBA style. You can fit him in. He's that big guard that can do a lot and pass. He can switch on defense. He's a little unknown commodity, but I don't think that matters anymore because not everybody comes from college. Not everybody goes to G League like Jalen Green. or Not everybody is a one-year wonder like Jalen Suggs. And Josh Gidey is a guy that at 16, the Knicks, they need another playmaker. They don't really have a true point guard. They might take one. They have, they have a few picks in the first round. The 16, they now have 16. They have 21. Tom Thibodeau and them are really doing a good job with Leon Rose. Well, Josh is a really good value pick. He's a really good risk pick, but he's also going to be a solid player. Can he turn into a starter? I think so. Can he be an impact starter, an all-star? I'm not sure with that yet. But Thibodeau and the Knicks need a guy that could fit in, who's not going to be scared of the pro style right away or intimidated, and playing in the NBL, which is in the Australian Pro League, which has produced a lot of players, including, like I said before, LaMelo Ball. I think Josh is a tremendous pick for the Knicks. I think he fits in and plays right away, and he's a really good passer and fills a lot of need for Tom Thibodeau and his Knicks as they try to make the next step and win a playoff game. I mean, a playoff series. Two more picks left for the day. Memphis at 17, Oklahoma City at 18. They're both coming up as we continue with the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Make sure you subscribe on your Odyssey app. And remember, on the Odyssey app, you can live stream our live NBA Draft show with NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Draft NBA Draft Locked on NBA draft host Rafael Barlow, who you're hearing here, as well as John Corrales. That'll all be on draft night, plus live on the Locked on NBA Draft YouTube channel, all brought to you by Built Bar. The 17th and 18th picks are left for us. We've moved into the second half of the draft. Are you shooting the moon here, Richard? Are you trying to find a specific need? Are you trying to find one specific skill? There used to be, like if I go back in the years of the NBA draft, it used to be the, the phrase, and excuse my language here, that you had to have the O like you had to have the O factor. Like there had to be one skill that made the other team look at you and say, ah, I got to guard that guy. It feels like the NBA has become a more well-rounded game where now you've got to have versatility to your game. What are you looking for at this point of the draft, Richard? Yeah, I think the next two picks, for example, um, have teams that have already made one selection. And then you also have, at some point later in the first round, you have multiple teams that have made are going to be making their second or third pick in the drafts. So they have a lot of room to swing for the fences. And I think you go upside after you've already gone, you know, probably upside at the top, assuming all of them, you know, as a whole, generalizing it, that they have already done so gone fit or not you can do the opposite of what you did in your first pick he's richard stamen you can catch him on locked on nba draft rafael if you're in the chair right now how are you drafting for the grizzlies i mean they have so much of everything right now i don't know a rookie at this point that is going to come in and, and start maybe not even make their their rotation in the playoffs so i think at, at this pick if you're memphis you go with a guy that has a high upside that you don't necessarily need to come in and contribute that maybe you can develop in South Haven with the, I forgot the name of their, their G League team, but it, it's the close hustle. by. What's the that? best name of any team in the, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the hustle. The, the Memphis hustle. The but Memphis they're Memphis hustle, hustle, but they're actually located in Mississippi. But they're and, still, the hustle is the best name out there. As a play-by-play announcer, the hustler, hustler. We'll see. Um, what, I like the Mad Ants. The Mad Ants, you can't beat that. That's not bad either. Let's see what the hustle have in store for the Grizzlies coming up here with this pick of the NBA draft. We head to the Locked On Memphis Grizzlies draft room. Hello, this is Sean Coleman from the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. It's good to see you once again. The Memphis Grizzlies were just on the clock at 14 after acquiring the 14th pick from the Golden State Warriors where we selected James Booknight from UConn. Now, with the 17th pick in the 2021 Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, the Memphis Grizzlies select Keon Johnson, a shooting guard at the University of Tennessee. Now, it may seem a bit odd that the Grizzlies are selecting Keon Johnson when they just selected another shooting guard in James Booknight, and they already have multiple two-guard roster two-guard options on the current roster. But the thing about it is this: in selecting Booknight, we got a player whose skill set meets some of the needs that the Grizzlies have going forward. With Keon Johnson, we simply went best player available. 
Keon Johnson is an extremely valuable pick at number 17, a highly intriguing two-way guard whose athleticism and defensive upside was just too good to pass up on. Plus, with what Taylor Jenkins has done for players of similar profiles to Johnson, like DeAnthony Melton and Kyle Anderson, how Taylor Jenkins has helped to improve their shots, if Taylor Jenkins can have that same impact on Keon Johnson and help him develop a respectable shot, you've got a very, very valuable player. And between James Booknight and Keon Johnson, the Grizzlies now have to truly feel confident that they're going to have John Morant's long-term backcourt partner on the roster. Though there are plenty of options in the backcourt now, maybe a bit too many on the Grizzlies roster, you also have plenty of trade assets that you can use from a creative front office to be able to mold this team moving forward. Yes, the Grizzlies need to add perimeter shooting. They were 20th in the league in three-point shooting percentage last season and just 24th in three-point makes per game. So drafting six foot five Tennessee guard Keon Johnson who shot the ball at just a 27% clip from three in his only year in college last year, doesn't immediately address one of Memphis's biggest needs. That's true, but the fact is you don't pass up a prospect at number 17 with Johnson's freakish athleticism and considerable upside. And frankly, I'm stunned he fell this far in the draft. Most mock drafts have the 19-year-old Johnson going somewhere in the mid to late lottery. Many had him as a top 10 pick. Having registered a record-setting vertical leap of 48 inches, yes, 48 inches at the NBA Combine, imagine Johnson finishing off monster alley-oop dunks from John Morant all over SportsCenter while using his athleticism, his length, and lateral quickness to be a pest on the defensive end versus opposing backcourts and smaller wings. The great thing for the Grizzlies is that they've got time on their side. Memphis isn't ready right now to be a top-four seed in the West, giving it time to try to develop Johnson, particularly that outside shot, while at the same time trying to climb the ladder in the Western Conference. I love the value the Grizzlies are getting here at number 17. Again, Johnson's offensive numbers at Tennessee don't wow you. 11.3 points per game, 45% shooting overall, 13 of 48 from three on the season. But Memphis has a fairly established offensive pecking order already with John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, and Jaron Jackson, obviously. So there won't be any pressure on Johnson to come in and fill a significant scoring role right off the bat. That's exactly the kind of situation he needs while he attempts to develop his shot and playmaking skills. I could easily see Johnson as part of some three-guard lineups with Morant and Brooks. Defensively, he and Brooks could help offset Morant's defensive limitations, and it's on that end of the floor where Johnson can help you immediately. I wasn't much of a Johnson fan during his time at Tennessee, I'll be honest, but I love the fit and value here for a Grizzlies team that's on the way up and would be adding an athletic player who fits their style. If Johnson can develop a consistent three-point shot, watch out. The Grizzlies will have an absolute steal on their hands. Keon Johnson, the pick. That means so far in day three, Sharif Cooper went number 13 to the Pacers. James Booknight came out of the green room finally to go 14 to Memphis and acquired in a trade in which Kyle Anderson went to the Warriors. Uh, the, the Wizards went for our 35-year-old, no, 24-year-old, uh, Oregon uh, multifaceted uh, Chris Durant. The James Gidney goes to Fort 16 to the uh, Knicks, who acquired it in the trade that we talked about a moment ago. Keon Johnson goes 17 here. Guys, uh, what's your quick uh, reaction to that uh, pick by Memphis, uh, Raphael, and, and who do you have next on your board? Well, remember when Vince Carter won the dunk contest in 2000 and he gave the gesture, it's over, it's yep. over? That's how I feel about this draft. The Memphis Grizzlies have won this draft. When is the last time Memphis missed on a pick? I mean, you, you got Durant, I mean, John Morant, you got Jaron Jackson, you got uh, Desmond Bain last year. They've been able to get book night, and now they have a high upside guy in Keon Johnson who they don't need to play this year. They can strictly focus on development. I mean, he's raw. I think he has a really high upside, so I love what the Grizzlies have done. And they've quietly built a, I mean, a strong team, and they've been able to maximize their roster. I mean, their roster on paper hasn't been sexy. I mean, you, you think of the Pelicans, who always look better on paper, but Memphis has overachieved, and now they've added Book Knight and Keon Johnson. They, they've won this draft, and we're, not, we're just halfway through, in my opinion. Well... They also had Xavier Tillman in that group, so that's um, that's another uh, a big success. Let's find out. Let's run right now. Uh, the pick is already in. Oklahoma City knows who they wanted, and they let's go to their draft room and see what they do with the 18th pick of the draft. Ryland Styles here with the Locked On Thunder podcast with the 18th selection in the 2021 Ultimate Mock Draft. 
the Oklahoma City Thunder select Anthony Singoon power forward out of Turkey. Singoon might be one of the best scorers in this draft class. He has great post moves and the hope that he can extend his range from beyond the arc offensively. He's also a great rim runner that can help Shea in the pick and roll. He can also pick and pop in the mid-range if he can reach that shooting potential. Singoon might be Enos Cantor's type of player, and if he can reach Enos Cantor's level of offense at pick 18, that's incredible value. While some will view this as a boomer bust pick, the Thunder, with their plethora of picks, can afford to go that boomer bust route, and that's where Singoon comes in at pick 18. Oklahoma City making the play that you talked about earlier with Shingun, Raphael. Uh, give us the breakdown on his game and what the Thunder just got. I'm assuming you're giving a big thumbs up to this one. I like it. And I like uh, cross-racial comparisons. They just got the new Al Jefferson. That seems like a really outdated cross-racial reference. <laughs> it's actually a cross-generational game. Um, I love Al and his big bed and all the stories around that and the character that he is, he was um, he was a throwback when he played in the 2000s to the 1970s. How does he work? How does an Al Jefferson type player work today? I think it can work. I mean, you look at Jokic. Jokic is a throwback player, but he's an outlier because of his passing and his shooting. I think Shingun can develop into a, a decent floor spacer. He's actually a pretty good passer. He's not a generational passer like Jokic. And he does like the ball on more than one side of the block, unlike Al Jefferson. You knew Al only wanted it on one side, and he just had counter on top of counters for <laughs> this one spot on the floor. But I think Shingun is a, a guy that you can give the ball to in the post. And I still think the game is going to eventually swing back towards beating guys in the post. Well, if you're going to go all five out switching, guys are going to get mismatches. The post game returns. We keep saying that. Zach Lowe wrote that first about four years ago. We keep waiting. It hasn't entirely happened yet. We'll see if it does at some point. All right, the draft is 18 picks done. We're into our final stretch for two more days. Let's find out where Locked on NBA Drafts draft dummies have on their boards and who they have that might be a sleeper for you, plus what Chad Ford has to say about where his board sits. All right, this is co-host Cody and Sam Ferris from the Draft Dummies in the NBA Locked On NBA Draft Draft Expert Desk. Day three wrap-up here. We just saw the draft end with guys like Giddy, Keon Johnson, and Alperin. Uh, Sam, who are some of the sleepers that you still have on your board, guys that you think could go in the next few picks here? Yeah, certainly some interesting picks there. And Cody, when we're talking about, you know, sleepers or guys that I like coming up next in the draft, three names come to mind. One I already mentioned earlier, that's JT Thor out of Auburn. To me, probably the highest upside guy left remaining on the board. And then Trey Mann, who you and I both really like when you talk about potential self-creators, a guy that can create space off the bounce and can really shoot it. Really like him there as a potential sleeper that has dropped here a bit. And then the last guy is a guy that I also mentioned earlier, an international prospect that I am certainly higher on in the consensus. Uh, that's Rocco Prokocin. He is a guy that, again, to me is a top 14. He is a lottery level prospect. He's still on the board here, Cody. Well, we just saw the Thunder go international with Alperin. And when we resume this mock draft, the Thunder are going to be on the clock again at 19 with the pick via the New York Knicks. That's what the draft dummies think about what's left on the board. Let's go to the Chad Ford NBA Big Board desk now. Chad, you can get his stuff at NBABigBoard.com and on his podcast, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. So, Gidney goes as you expected, Chad, number 16, Keon Johnson, 17 to Memphis, and then Sengu goes 18 to Oklahoma City. These are the picks off your big board, kind of what you expected. Finally, the trigger being pulled on some of those guys. What's your thought on those guys? Uh, yeah, again, I, I think that it's a little bit low for each of those players, but there, there are warts and concerns. You know, with Keon Johnson, he's an elite athlete, but he's a little bit further uh, behind the rest of them as far as just getting basketball experience. He's younger. Um, he missed a year in high school because of injury. And so offensively, you know, how he's going to figure out his game. And then for Singun, uh, offensively, he's going to be dominant. The question is, can you leave him on the floor 
in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. And that's probably right now, based off what we've seen in the playoffs, the answer might be no, uh, which is why you're seeing him drop a little bit in the draft. All right, let's go to the Chad Ford NBA big board on playmakers. Give me the rundown. What's left on this board as we move toward day four? We've got uh, uh, Jaden Springer. Uh, a guy who, uh, you know, whether he's a one or a two is a question mark, but certainly could be considered a playmaker. Miles McBride out of West Virginia, someone I'm really, really high on. Six, two and a half with a six, nine wingspan. Uh, really good shooter. Um, really gets after it uh, defensively right now. Uh, and, you know, one question that I think we all have is what what's going to happen with Jared Butler out of Baylor right now? You know, he was uh, he was flagged uh, for health reasons at the combine and, and whether he's going to be allowed uh, to participate is, is obviously a big question that affects the stock. But if not, uh, you know, here's a guy who won a national championship, can play the one and the two, uh, and certainly a guy that is worthy of being drafted this high. And then, you know, Trey Mann uh, out of Florida is another guy who can play the one and the two, uh, really can shoot the basketball. Not a great athlete, um, but a really crafty ball handler. And what about wings that are left on this board? Yeah, you know, for the wings that, that are left on the board, I mean, a, again, what's going to happen with uh, Jalen Johnson, I think, is a question mark. Uh, you know, where is he at? What is he even? Is he a small ball five? Is he a, is he a wing? Maybe that's why he's sliding, is it's really hard to get our hands um, around what he's going to be. And then you start to get into the more speculative territory with Trey Murphy, uh, the third out of Virginia, Josh Christopher out of Arizona State. Uh, those are guys that Josh Primo out of Alabama. Uh, those are the sort of interesting wings that I see right now that could come off the board. You're always really, let's go bigs first. Then I'll ask you that next question. What's left on the bigs? We still got Isaiah Jackson uh, left on the board. The best shot blocker uh, in this draft. Uh, he's he's really interesting right now. Dayron Sharp is is the most intriguing big man left because he he played as this big, almost sort of overweight guy at North Carolina, but had this incredible passing ability, great motor. His feet worked really well. He's dropped weight, and teams have told me he has shot the lights out in workouts, which he only shot one three during his freshman season at North Carolina right now. He was one of the highest rated, again, high school players coming into this draft. Kind of got buried by Rory Williams at North Carolina. Has worked out incredibly well. He could be an interesting pick for a team in this in this range. Chad, you do a wonderful job of kind of relaying where teams are and what the big boards for all the teams are. Do you have a personal favorite or guy or two that you've watched that you like? At this point in the draft, David? Yes. Oh, Miles McBride all the way. I mean, that's that's the guy that I'm rooting for right now because I just think that when you look at his motor, when you look how he gets after it defensively and his ability to shoot the basketball, those types of players don't come along. He's got the length. I think that, again, people were just didn't – he wasn't on the radar screen at West Virginia um, the way that some of these other prospects were. But I think he's going to make – he's going to be in the league a long time. The Dummies and Chad Ford have set it up. You can subscribe to both their podcasts, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network on your Odyssey app, as well as the Draft Dummies are on Locked On NBA. You can hear Raphael two days a week. You hear Richard and you hear the Draft Dummies one day a week, all at Locked On NBA Draft. Uh, Richard, we had six picks go here in this portion of the draft. We are 18 picks in. What's your analysis of what we saw today with Cooper going 13, sliding down to the surprise pick uh, of Keon Johnson and Raphael being excited about what the Thunder did? What's your take of where we sit and what we just saw in day three of our ultimate mock draft? Yeah, the theme of today is all about value. I think the only player who I have slotted as lower than where they were picked at is Sharif Cooper. And even then I can justify the Sharif Cooper pick. I think it's a little bit interchangeable. Also wasn't a huge fan of the Keon Johnson pick, thought they could have gone for Shengun right after who went right after, but overall everybody got pretty good value where they stood. For those who are old time draft Knicks, as Raphael was talking about the Al Jefferson, I was trying to think of who that crazy Greek guy was with like the two S's in his name that was like in the draft and supposed to be the steal of the draft by the Mavericks because he had his post game somewhere. If anybody remembers it, feel free to tweet me at DLock09. He never played in the NBA. You'd have to be a real junkie to get it. But you're tuned into the ultimate mock draft, so you've got some sort of junkie to you. And if you want more, you can get Raphael's NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube as well. It is the ultimate mock draft 2021 on draft night. We've got you covered as well with a live NBA draft show on Locked on NBA YouTube as well as streaming live on your Odyssey app with Chad Ford on the main desk 
as well as Rafael Barlow. John Corrales will be the host. It's all brought to you by Built Bar. It'll have the local experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, unequaled local access coverage. Nobody else will be able to match it. It'll be streamed on the Odyssey app and live on Lockdown NBA YouTube, as well as on Amazon Fire and your Roku apps. This has been day three of an Odyssey Lockdown Podcast Network production, the ultimate 2021 NBA mock draft. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.